46 on our agenda. Uh, all of these items are items that we have had come, uh, that we've had in advance. We've come prepared to vote on them as a block. Um, and on the other hand, if there are any items being handled separately, we do that as well. So at this time, um, is there anyone who wishes to hold an item or any items between items 1 through 46 for separate consideration? Madam President, I'd like to hold item 17. Okay. Others? Also on item number 22. And last but not least, 28 for review. Sure. And I'd like to hold 20 and Certify that Central Central Yorkland Unified School District testified with Education Code 84905 C regarding the appointment of Premier Jackson for official designation to the Consortium of Executive Committee. I'll second. All right, I have a um, motion from Mrs. Beck and a second from Mrs. Blaze. Um, this is held by Mr. Youngman. Did you have a question or comment? Um, President Brigham, I'd like to uh, table this appointment until uh, our next meeting in order to evaluate information uh, that I recently received. Uh, this way the board will have a more complete and accurate picture of this candidate and the designation from this governing board. So I want to be sure that this is for the North Orange County Regional Consortium uh, that designated the representative. That's correct? That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have a question. If we don't vote to approve this, is there any ratification? Any, any uncompliance? Um, we 
are required to have a representative at each of the meetings, which occur you know, every month at that, that stage, after the session sanction meets. Um, so you know, until such time as we have someone approved, we would not have a representation at those meetings. Is this doable and are we able to well, we, have a, we have a motion here to Did you ask someone on staff ahead of time? Yes, yes, ma'am, I did. Okay. 
Okay, uh, let's go ahead and have a vote on this item, please. Uh, all those in favor of approving the item before us, item 17, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? No. Opposed. Motion fails. The uh, I votes on this Those in support would be Mr. Youngblood. I'm sorry. Sorry, folks. That's a two, three. Uh, correction. And so those in support are uh, Mrs. Buck and Mrs. Freeman. Those dissenting are Mr. Youngblood, Mrs. Anderson, and Mrs. Blades. Motion fails. Okay, item 20, I may need a motion on this, please. I'll make a motion to approve the subscription agreement with Ed Elastic for grade 6 through 12 of Clinton Jordan Unified School District. Second. Okay, I have a motion from Mrs. Blades, a second from Mrs. Buck. Okay, this is held by Mrs. Blades. Yes, you had a comment or question? Um, yes, I was told that this was for assessment only, but then after further investigation, I also um, went into their Instagram page, and they said that five alternative ways to use Eduelastic besides texting. It says our tech-enhanced features are perfect for homework, tutoring, and class activities, diagnostic checking, and more. And so the concern is, is that the new DLA or the new umbrella um, is often used by Eduelastic, which has some controversial material and stuff in there that our, um, some of our parents are concerned about. So that's why I pulled the item because I just think as I'm researching these programs that there's a lot of stuff that's in there and we don't seem to have any oversight in the classroom or any checks and balances. And so my concern would be is that we say that we're using it for assessment purposes, but how do you know when there's all this other stuff that's that's in there and that can't be accessed? And the stuff that was in there was, you know, things that I just don't. I think it needs to be transparent for our parents what the kids are learning and that, I, and I don't know how the district would be um, able to say that this is for assessment purposes only when I found on their Instagram page, it's like six down, that they use it for all kinds of other things.
immensely that you know our teachers have access to so many additional you know, resources and curriculum pieces that they know we need for them to utilize whether those are you know, additional resources that, that us you know offer you know, on the site um, if you know even if there's any sort of additional guarantee that we can you know, provide and we want to be really very happy the courses and things of that nature that you know they can provide you know access to resource centers because that is what we need to provide as a resource center. Is there any other program that just does assessments that we might find really good for? Not that we have utilized and you know I think the, the challenge that we have is of course there are many programs out there uh, that you know it, it takes training, it takes time to implement it. You know AGS is one of in our backup information, this really, what's good about it in terms of this particular assessment platform is that, as it says, it mirrors the school's employment of the school's standardized test. It, as I understand, it really emulates in a way that provides familiar, familiarity for students as they become accustomed to seeing um, assessments done
already approved this, um, 103, and this is just for additional to make it through this, the remainder of the school year because it will be during the summer. School. That is absolutely correct. It allows for just for us to cover that last month of the school year as the additional safety housing, and it also provides some um, six additional development fees. I think, I, I think when I looked it up, that's what I saw. I saw it looked like the fourth grade curriculum for the second twelfth grade of music. And so my issue is this, and I mean, let's just be honest. We get, and I know that people are going to completely misconstrue this, but I'm anti-teacher, I'm anti-whatever. But we get, you know, calls from our community every day that about the vaccination, about this, about that, about teachers who are teaching this stuff about teachers who are doing things in the classroom. And I just think that, well, we, you know, we want to trust the teachers. It's just, it's just a hard thing to do for, I think, the parents in our community to just accept that, you know, we should be teaching this in the classroom, there's no check and balance. And they can't see it from home, they can't see the lesson. And so I think when you say, I mean, there just seems to be no oversight. Now, if we were to say we were going to turn on what we did with um, brain pop and just go completely, um, then that can be acceptable if, if we show that they're being access this type of stuff. Because I really feel like everybody tonight spoke, let's teach reading, writing, you know, math, science, things like that. I don't think our parents in our community, at least people who have spoken to me, they don't they don't want this type of stuff to be put in their curriculum. And I mean the Southern Poverty Law Center is contributing to as well, and I mean, and then there's just, it's right there, how to tie racial injustice into every single um, topic. And so I just feel like there's, you know, there's a lot of teachers who have said to the parents, I'm going to teach it anyways. I know I'm not supposed to do it. And so it's like, there might just be a few people that are ruining it for others, but it might be those few people that, you know, are making the district look bad and make it look like we are, in, you know, can't control these what our teachers are teaching and so I mean that's that's just what my what people are telling me and they're calling me about and I think it is a, I think it is a concern and I think our parents are concerned and so I want I'm gonna vote no on this tonight and then but if we bring it back in a few months and we show that there are complete controls over this and that there can't be any access then I'm fine with that and I'm not saying that I don't trust our teachers I'm not saying that I don't trust this and that but I am listening to parents, and I am listening to their concerns. And I think that if we can show that this is not no longer a concern for them, then I think everybody can be happy. Because then I, I think it's important that our parents learn to trust us again. I actually, I looked at your announcement today, and I saw it. It was in Lynn Dark's class, and she was talking about punctuation. And what she did is created a PowerPoint um, that was just a slide and talked about what punctuation is and gave some examples. And what it did when she played it, it um, she had done some uh, recording that goes along with it. So it played her voice as she's talking to the kids, and she walked around and worked with each of them on looking at punctuation. And um, she led it, saying that, you know, as, as we're on our cell phones all the time, we're not using as much punctuation as we need to. 
And so um, it really brought it into that. And so then after that, they took the quiz that she had um, put into Nearpod, and they went in and they put the correct pronunciation into it, and then it reported out to her immediately what those, um, those results were. Instead of doing a, a paper test and taking that home, um, her having to grade it, it really gave her immediate results there so that she could go back before the class even left and reteach the things that they were missing on, um, on that. So it, I remember a, a number of years ago, the flipped classroom was um, kind of a new idea. And it really was geared around math and teaching and recording a math lesson <coughs> so that when the student got home, they could listen to that over and over and over if they needed to and go back. And when they're in the classroom, be doing the actual work and, um, and working with the teacher instead of doing the lesson at school, getting the lecture, and then going home and doing the work without that support. So it, it really, what I saw today, showed the ability for that to happen. So it's that um, kids can hear it over and over and over if they need to, and go back um, and, and not have to ask the teacher over and over, um, who may be busy doing other things, but um, it gave the opportunity for the teacher to go back in and get that assessment immediately. Um, and that was just a language arts example. It just had to do with punctuation. It was to see it in person. It was so, great. Exactly. I would highly recommend going in and asking. Yeah. Asking you to demonstrate. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would say going to class um, to the remedial yeah. visits, ask specifically to go see um, those in action. They know you're having That's kind of what I would teach. No, I completely understand that. And a lot of these programs, such as Brain Fog, have been used time and time again. They've been very useful tools uh, for teachers. However, we're kind of at a time in which these programs are being hijacked and there are, there are things that are being placed in it that parents and children should not even be involved in. So that's the concern. It's not necessarily the, the actual tool that we're talking about because I think that's, that's amazing. I, I used to teach myself and I know that these things are, are very promising, especially for teachers that are overworked with, you know, 30 plus kids in their class. I, I totally get that. It's a lot of the material that's being placed in there and sometimes unbeknownst to the district or the parents. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. I, I, if I can add, the benefit of this is they're recorded. So there are lessons that are there that you could always go back and look at. So they're, they're built lessons. They're not um, the teacher going up and just lecturing. Um, that could change. And also, if you're getting calls about examples, they should, those parents should be contacting the school so that if they have examples of something as you described it, it's great. And the teachers also know that because that has happened in the same way. Yeah, and that's what, that's what we've been telling them. But, but, perfect. 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure that we reiterate that, that these things are being taken care of. And if, sure. if they're not feeling like, like administrators are taking care of it, when they're coming to their board members. So that's yes. to all of us. Absolutely. How are they like to? That'd be great. Okay, great. All right, let's go ahead and take I, a I, I, oh, I'm a clarifying question. If you do a no vote, it's not going away. It's still there. No, because it has not been And they said um, the time out for the filters to all be available is like a couple weeks. Probably in the, in the name of it. That was respect.
It was a uh, it was a concern. This is a I totally, completely understand. This is part of the assembly bill uh, 493 that uh, is required uh, by law for districts to um, do education for as far as the LGBTQ community and um, anti discrimination, anti bullying, and so forth. Now, my concern is this, and I realize we have to teach it. However, why do we have to pick one particular um, uh, program when we have so many talented uh, administrators and, and teachers that could teach this program themselves and save the district $5,000? Thank you for your question, Mr. Randall. I, I think the, the rationale behind having someone who is, number one, certified and experienced in providing uh, the nature of the content that this training requires uh, is really, really good when you know, we looked at that option. And, and it's absolutely something that we have considered. And if we can indeed we have our administrators and our members of our wellness team go out and, and complete a training to become you know, certified and then come back and deliver that training themselves. And, The reason we went with this particular company trying to feature, uh, in particular, you know, one of the, the, the lead, uh, the lead directors who provides the training, Lindsay Etheridge, uh, was the result of her, you know, in-depth and extensive uh, training and um, experience in training. She had over 15 years in providing this exact, you know, level um, of content, you know, to school districts, uh, you know, across the country. Um, so that was that was the first reason. I think the. The way that I liken it to is just, you know, I myself can uh, you know, become a, a, a personal trainer. For example, I can go ahead and, uh, you know, and complete a, a training that now allows me to, to do, you know, and, and, and give that, that uh, work with individuals, but that doesn't necessarily make me now an expert in training other personal trainers. And, you know, that's, that's the way that I liken it to for our staff. I think that, you know, they can go to training, but then to then offer a two to three day around and now have to kind of be asked to you know, train all of our administrators, our principals, our psychologists, our counselors. That's that's a big ask. I think it's two very different skill sets. Um, and you know that they they I think after possibly having you know been involved in that all over a year or two years that they would definitely be you know skilled. Uh, but you know I think I would much rather have someone coming in from outside who has this experience and is very well versed uh, in the content and vocabulary that's going to be
I would I, I don't want to answer for her, but I, I absolutely do believe that yes, she she absolutely could after having attended the training. I think you know part of what we look at that, and I think any any of our staff, I absolutely have every faith in, in Dr. Gonzalez to be able to do that. But you know, just to keep in mind that what that means is you know we have to have you know, Dr. Gonzalez along with her additional staff members go out attend the training. So that would be an additional time commitment. We'd have to you know we'd have a delay there to have to now you know, go out and, and get an approval you know, for that training that they're going to sign up for. Um, once they come back, they'd have to then go and develop the resources and get the program to be able to put forward and be prepared for the training. Um, we could really put ourselves to you know, December or maybe even January before you know, we're able to get any kind of training you know, for any of our staff. And, and I understand there is no actual time period that this training must be done. Is that correct? There's no, there's no time, there's no mandate on when it needs to be. However, we are in a situation where we are needing to support our students and we have you know, numerous staff members who have either come on board, our principals and some others who really need to need that training in order to best be, you know, best equipped to be able to support the students you know, with, with their, their particular needs. And so that's, you know, there's an urgency there that we're So I, I also did a little bit of research on the districts. Um, they're not necessarily going out for the training. They're using their staff, like their directors and stuff. And what they've said is that they're doing is if they have any questions regarding the state law, regarding anything, they're reaching out to the OC LGBTQ um, for any questions or resources, things like that. Is that is that an option for us to save five thousand dollars and see if we have our own staff, you know, put this training together? It absolutely is, and they remain a resource for us no matter what. I think that we wouldn't save the money because we'd still have to send all our staff to the training works. It would be probably about the same, if not you know, more, because now we're training individuals you know, for that, for training that requires a certification. So it would probably be way, well in advance of the $5,000. Um, but you know, of course, it's an option. It's an option available to us. And, and how many? It was, goodness, I, I would say on average, and I'm going to just look over to Dr. Gonzalez. I know there's an exact number, but I would say at least over you know, five or six that we researched. Um, a part of AB 493, we did have to require a training. We looked at the different resources. All of the local Department of Education had to um, provide resources available to school sites by July 2021. We looked at those websites, and most of them had just webinars, very simple lessons that teachers could listen to or staff members could listen to for training, but it just didn't seem adequate for us. So we looked at different um, organizations and companies, and Kinder Future came out to be the strongest competitors in their experience. Um, their specialty with working with larger school districts, they work with Santa Ana Unified in the past to be able to support those campaigns. They offered a plethora of resources, not just for us to train our administrators and our staff, but also as consultants to us as we customize our own journey through this process. So as you know, there's a lot of compliance pieces involved in this. However, we 
um, as a district, like to customize those things and really have input on what we're sharing, what parts of the training we're going to be um, offering to our staff. And so that is what she really offered with her company, was being able to listen to us, seek um, input from uh, administrators like myself, and really make sure that she meets our needs from our own perspectives and our own journey. And so that's really what her most impressive part was, that she customizes these things for the needs of our district by listening to us and uh, really navigating through some of those waters to make us compliant in that area. Can you give us an example of like what she would be doing in her needs that our staff couldn't do? Uh, yes, I think that uh, one of it is her area of expertise is that she's worked with LGBTQ plus communities for over 15 years. Um, she has that direct contact. She's worked with unified school districts, so she is unfamiliar with the processes and the laws that pertain to that. Um, I definitely can do the training. I know you had asked um, for me in particular, I could do it. Um, I, I know the laws, but I don't also have that experience as in navigating larger school districts. In fact, educating the community on these particular needs and working on a larger scale. So I definitely think that I, I could do it. I don't think it would be as great as she would be able to, uh, especially for the cost efficiency that she offers. The other things that she offers is really working on our campaign. So she would help us facilitate notice needed and nurture campaign to make sure that we meet those needs and we um, get involved with social media and really support our particular campaign in that area. Um, so she isn't just an LGBTQ plus advocate, she actually works with many other different assets of our, parts of our school district. So if you could do the training and you know the laws and you know all the topics, then, and, it, and you would be training our administrators and our wellness team, so there really wouldn't be any worry, any need to get any training from her because you know the basics, you know the laws, you know X, Y, and Z. I think it would kind of liken me to, I, I wouldn't say I was an expert in that particular area, and that's why we always try to look for outside consultants who have that better expertise and practice at it. I could go over terms just like anybody else could, kind of like Googled it online and looked up some of the key terms, um, but I think that she would do a much better job in preparing us for that. But there is also a certification component, right? And so it's going to be able to give the training there's a certification requirement, so you would have to first go out to get that. Yes. That also takes your time away from your other duties. Yeah, it's like that. Resources. Yeah. Can you just put something else on to your list of things that you have other things that you also do? I would say that I'm in charge of student wellness access and um, academic success. So I do look at data. I look at um, making sure that we move over all of our past scores, things like LCAP, SPSA. Um, under my belt, I work on Title IX compliances as well. So yes, it is a little more difficult than. Um, it might appear to be very easy and simple, but that's why we look into solutions for other companies to see if they can provide that training for us. I think the one piece I just wanted to kind of reiterate is uh, Dr. Gonzalez used the word customized you know, several times, and I think that's the piece too that you know after conversations with Lindsay Edwidge that we really felt that confidence in her ability to be able to really look and see what our needs were, and you know, even the, the snapshot that we gave you in the write-up of what the, the course outline would involve. You know, that really is just sort of a, a tenth of the sampling that you know, we would be highly involved and you know, as an executive cabinet, very involved in just determining exactly you know, and designing what that training would be. And that's something where you know, Dr. Gonzalez and our wellness team would, you know, they would truly customize it to fit the needs of what exactly what we want to you know, share with our, with our staff and what we want to train them in specifically. I understand. Thank you. Um, one question though, would we as, as a board, be able to see the curriculum that she would provide our educators and 
So we could absolutely, yes, we could. I know we just shared the outline with you, but I mean, once that, it, once that has been determined, it's, you know, as far as the program and the, the content that we're going to provide, we'd be happy to, to share this with you. This was one of my, my concerns. I, I went on I, the Kinder Future website as well. Um, and you guys had mentioned resources. She has some very interesting resources, um, things with, uh, with clinics in which they provide uh, hormone therapy and, and puberty blockers and so forth, and uh, things that I think our parents might have a little bit of an issue with, including some of the BLM material yeah. that is uh, also on there. Um, so we might want to reassess this. We may want to see other agencies or programs that are going to be able to do the same thing if we don't have our own staff do the training. Thank you. That, Let's that, go. That was, that was a concern of mine also, and I saw that as well, that she is tied to some social justice group, which just makes things uncomfortable. And at first I was told, when I asked about um, the background of this, I was told it was just going to be used for training. And now I'm, now I'm hearing that she's going to be helping with social media and other stuff, and she's going to be around the contract we have for her is purely for, for the training, but I think I made reference to the fact that she has, she has been served as a resource you know, during the time that we're utilizing her for the training. In the event that our wellness team think it requires additional resources, that she will be there and available. But that was that's purely only as it relates to the training that we have. Let's go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, because I really <laughs> like to get to. I know. I, I just have um, a couple questions and some comments. Um, I've been on the website as well, and I really feel like it's important to have supports for our students, all students. And um, so I went to the website and I was looking at the reviews, and my concern was that she hasn't done a lot of district training, that all of her reviews are really related to kids and personal conversations. Um, there is a review from um, Santa Ana School District. Uh, and most of her, it seems like most of her training has been on like Gay Straight Alliance Clubs, helping kids form those and, and things like that. And so my question, you know, really is, um, you know, her, what is her experience um, with district training? Only that she's only worked with Santa Ana Unified, or does she service other districts in our county? Um, I, I just thought it was so small that I even called um, LGBTQ chapter here in Orange County yesterday and asked them if what they recommended. And I haven't gotten a response yet from them, but I was like, I was, I'm concerned that not what she's going to teach, I'm just concerned that, you know, her. And so, I mean, that's a concern of mine. And then a question would be, do we've hired a lot of counselors, a lot of wellness specialists. Um, we have um, counselors on assignment, POSAs, is that correct? Do any of those people that we've hired have experience working with the LGBTQ community? I think some of them have a variety of experience, and so again, I'll, I'll turn to that. Yes, I, I would say they do have experiences, again, not of training others or focusing on that particular part. Um, it would be like when we suggest that I give a training versus Lindsay Etheridge, I would really encourage you to look at her background because she would definitely have much more experience than I would, even if, her limits, if she had limitations on some of those areas. So.
the most definitely I think she would be better equipped to do that, but we do have a host of council on special assignment has worked with LGBTQ plus students and all of them have had a spat in another, but we have a, a resonance for who guides us through the process and what is in place with the law and help support our school sites and myself as well. Okay, is that something in the future that we could look into getting her the actual trainings so that we could have an in-house specialist? To work with the students. She would be a part of the training if we did get this. Yeah, but, but all like the train the trainer type of a model mm -hmm. is Absolutely. what we talked about. And I think if we're talking building capacity and you know that would absolutely be a plan down the line of like to do have several in house panels and because you know ultimately it would, it would be an army thing there. So we could absolutely ensure that. One more comment. If we approve this training, it's just for this one training only, and then we could move forward with the others. Is that correct? Correct. There are two trainings. We've got one for our principals and then one for our counselors and staff. So it's two flat, but it's all within a week's period of the And then in the future, I would really love to have a study session on um, the LGBT community and the laws and how we can support these students. Talking about, I am 22 to approve the agreement in the future. I am very broken. Kinder, kinder future to provide training to all OSP members and school administrators. So, uh, all those in favor, please say aye. Aye. Oppose? No. no. Okay. Oh, uh, come on. Three, two, vote. No. Uh, the supporting individuals are Mrs. Anderson, Mrs. Freeman. The dissenting votes on that are um, Mr. Youngblood and Mrs. Blades. And a student board member, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. A student board member, Ms. Okay, now we're moving on to item 28 that was held. Uh, I will take a motion, please. I'll make a motion that we approve the agreement with the Scholar System Network and El Camino Real High School during the 21-22 school year for professional development, the school assembly, and targeted small group intervention. I'll second. Thank you. I have a motion from Mrs. Beck, a second from Mrs. Blades. This was held by Mr. Youngblood. Questions? Uh, yes, the uh, question is, um, just after researching Ms. Mr. Rios, uh, amazing, uh, I have to say. However, uh, in some of the presentations in which he's done over the past, he's uh, um, made several comments regarding uh, police and the, um, the brutality in which uh, police supposedly do. Um, this assembly we're going to have is... Uh, Probably going to be, you know, watch all, all of these kids, and 
do we know if that type of language is going to be used again, or what's the uh, what's the point? I can absolutely follow up on that, but you haven't got to ensure that, that that is not the case. I know that the, the, the reason we are wanting to come out to speak specifically to our students at El Camino uh, is just as a, as a direct result of his very similar background you know, to what so many of, of our, our students, and you know, as you know, El Camino is facing a lot of adverse you know, student population within the district. And so is that ability, I think, the story that he's able to share from his own childhood that you know, I think those students are able to fully relate to. Um, I, that is a concern that we have. I you know, personally follow up to ensure that that is absolutely, you know, that, is, that, that it would not make it into any of the conversations. There's, you know, I, I don't see that having any, any value or any merit on, you know, the, the nature of the message that we would be delivering to our students. Um, but, you know, we just really, really don't think the whole time that that is really for him to, it's an uplifting message, it's one of inspirations, and
benefit from hearing the story. But I just, I feel like we're walking a very fine line. Um, his images are, are disturbing if you Google him. Um, with his, you know, a lot of uh, anti-police rhetoric and, and his revolutionary talk. So that is my main concern, is that he's going to be on topic Would she be, or, okay, let me back up. Um, when would this assembly be if it were approved? And can I ask why it's almost $16,000? Oh, Assembly and then they call for parent education. Yes. 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 
and how many? Yeah, it's multiple nights, correct? Do we know how many nights? And we asked the children. How many nights? I
I don't think any of us in this room knows what those kids go through. Um, because you've been there and done that. So, um, I guess, I just, would that be something, Dr. Adamson, that we could do from, from the assistance of my parents and supervisor to make sure it doesn't